0: Well, we'll continue to work our way through the epistle to the Romans, and uh, this is an ex- incredibly important epistle. It's listed first in the New Testament after the Gospels in the book of Acts, and uh, it's a very special epistle for so many reasons. It's, it's universal. It encompasses many, many issues um, between its, its, its first and last page. Um, a few things I could th- just come to the top of my mind. It's listed first. Uh, I think for a lot of reasons. One of which is that St. Paul is writing to uh, a congregation that he did not set up. Probably at this point, even though Peter is not mentioned, Peter has been to Rome. And he has established the church in Rome. So Paul is very conscious that these are not his people. Okay, He's kind of an outsider. And he's taking an opportunity to not correct them Um or intervene or do any kind of pastoral interventions or corrections or whatever because that 's what he 's doing in most of his epistles corinthians galatians um, Philippians these are congregations these are churches that he himself has, has planted as an apostle, and so he has responsibility for them and he 's kind of you know correcting them in a fatherly way he doesn 't have that relationship to the Romans okay. Uh, and like I said, probably it's it's Peter's congregation, so to speak. Peter has already been to Rome. He set, these, he set this church up in Rome. And so Paul is taking the opportunity not to issue corrections or anything like that, but to really lay out the gospel in the most broadest universal terms that you could possibly uh, think of. Now, in the first eight chapters of Romans, which is what we've been hearing and listening to for the past, I think, three weeks or at least two weeks now, um, St. Paul has spoken about, The Gospel's revelation of grace. So important. What is grace? Sanctifying grace. It's that bond that links us to God. How is it given to us? It's through the merits of Jesus Christ on the cross. He talks about original sin. He starts to talk about the sacrament of baptism and the moral life, okay, and the the Christian struggle in the moral life. All of these very concrete, practical things. But then in chapter 9, 10, and 11... He totally switches gears, and this is what we hear today. He's talking about the Jewish people. What's going on here? He he switches gears so dramatically, and uh, we want to ask ourselves the questions: why? Well, the the issue at the time was uh, St. Paul just got done talking about how the gospel is the fulfillment of all of God's promises to the ancient patriarchs, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, the question then is, is posed, I think, very obviously, well, what about the Jewish people? I thought that the, the, all the promises were for them. I mean, Paul himself says in Romans that the gospel is for the Jew first and then for the Gentile. For the Jew first and then for the Gentile. So, not a lot of Jews believing in the gospel, even in Paul's day. Okay, There were, there were a good number of Jews who were believing, but it wasn't like there was this huge response. It wasn't that all of the Jewish people uh, were converting. To the gospel, they weren't at all, and so it leaves a question in the mind of the Gentile converts. Well, what about the Jews? Has God forgotten them? What's what's his what's their role in, in God's plan? It would be kind of strange if God forgot them, seeing as it seems like the entire Bible is actually written for their sake. I mean, we read, you know, uh, today we hear in our psalm, um, God has proclaimed His word to Jacob, His statutes and his ordinances to Israel he's not done thus for any other nation his ordinances he's not made known to them this is the Jewish people are the elect they're the chosen chosen ones it's really clear in the Old Testament so so has God's plan failed is God incompetent okay and that's the question that Paul deals with in chapters 9 10 11 and the and the answer to that question is that he has absolutely not done that he has not failed God in his Providence, what he's done, is a, it's a very kind of almost crafty kind of thing. What he's done is he's made it so that the Jewish people have a kind of a hardness of heart at first. And that, their non-response to the gospel opens up the doors so that all the nations of the world can come in. It kind of leaves room, it like opens up a space so that the Gentiles can have their day. But God has not forgotten the Jewish nation. And before the second coming of Jesus Christ, all of His promises for the Jewish people are going to be fulfilled and they will convert. Now, you know, this is a curious thing to me and maybe this is the practical takeaway for the homily here this morning is how many of us have heard homilies or read books or anything about the role of Judaism or the Jewish people in relation to Christianity? How many homilies have you heard about the Jews? You know, how many homilies have you heard? Not a lot, right? <laughs> but it's amazing how much uh, the Jewish people are important to God. And they're so they're, they're, it's plastered on every page of the New Testament. It's a massive chunk. Of the book of Romans is, is taken up dealing with this issue. If you read the Gospel of Matthew, every parable that Jesus gives, almost, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but almost every parable that Jesus gives, he's trying to explain the relationship between the Jews and the Gentiles. But here we are as Gentile Christians, and we never think about the Jews, never think about them whatsoever was I was just at a, at eating last night with uh, with a family after our memorial mass, and um, they were saying, well we're going to be playing fiddler on the roof I guess this is the next play here at the Lions high school and uh you know it, it's a it's a play about these um, Ashkenazi Jews in Russia and uh, the Bolshevik Revolution, the takeover, and how how this kind of ethnic minority deals with this transition in in uh, political and social situation. It's a very nice play. It's a very interesting play, and it it highlights the Jewish people. and And one of the you know the students they say, well, I we don't even there's no Jewish people that live around here. We, we never know. We don't know who Jewish people. You know, and it was the same for me until I went to college. I went to college, and there were you know a large percentage of the people. Uh, we're Jewish and I took Judaic studies classes and I went to Israel and I learned about Judaism quite a bit and so I learned about how important it is to understand Christianity and the Bible in general, is to learn about Judaism. But it's amazing that we have this people group that are so central to God's heart, okay, we, we celebrate today the Sacred Heart of Christ on uh, First Friday, they're so central to God's heart and yet we never think about them you know i'm i'm reading i'm reading uh i like to read secular psychologists and to see you know psychology is very different than than religion but there's a lot of crossovers and uh, the psychologist basically says every issue that i deal with pretty much clinically uh, has to do with people having and this is the almost the exact words that he used a narcissistic preoccupation with their own desires such that they are blind to the needs of others. That's like the root of all of these different problems that he, he deals with with his patients. This is a narcissistic preoccupation with your own desires such that you're blind, you're not sensitive to the needs of other people. And that sounds a lot like what Jesus would have talked about. And um, in the Sacred Heart of Jesus... We have this people group who are so central and of such great concern to God, and yet we never think about them. I mean, I just think the practical takeaway for us is that, you know, is this not the nature of fallen humanity? We're amazingly preoccupied with our own sort of designs and issues and plans and what, agendas and whatnot, and we just become unsensitive to and completely unaware of the needs of of others. And so today, my brothers and sisters, maybe the practical takeaway as we celebrate the sacred heart of Jesus and his this furnace of charity that burns with love is let's turn to others. I love the the picture of the sacred heart of Christ where he holds out his heart and he's looking at you. It's kind of creepy in a, in a good way. You know, it's supposed to startle you. He, it's like the painting is looking right at you because it's it's Jesus who's concerned about others. It's not like Jesus is going like this okay he's he's looking right at you he's concerned about others and so also for us as we reach out our hand and we take his heart and we receive the love that he gives to us let's turn outward and look at others because that indeed is the the burden of Christ's love for humanity